This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Bonjour and welcome. I'm your host, Fred Mills, coming to you from London. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. Luke is coming to us from the other side of London, and Liam is coming to us all the way from Sydney, Australia. Let's start with Liam this week. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. Very good. Very excited about today's today's episode. Why is that? I'm just, <laughs> I just feel like, uh, you know, it's quite relevant to me, being in this, ty- this part of the world. I, I feel like Luke's mm. going to ask me a lot of questions that I might not be qualified to ask answer but um you know i'm here for i'm it. gonna ask a lot mate yeah I'm gonna ask a lot i'm gonna go tell. off topic even yeah it's gonna be Ooh. great it's gonna be Ooh. great yeah yeah you're right fred you good mate you you yeah, you sound, you sound a, a, a smidge under the weather yeah it's just a classic cold because i've got kids that go to obviously school and nursery and everything it all gets mixed around and shared around and so yeah and it being quite cold in the uk it's like minus five in the uk today so it's pretty pretty snappy <laughs> so i've got this sort of husky Sexy oh. sound. Oh, I'm bringing even, even doing more a- than usual. Even more uh- than usual. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not doing an ad. We're not using the the voice to do an ad this week. So missed opportunity for a lot of companies. If you're listening, yeah, so- I've got a Hugo Boss. I've got a Hugo Boss session later on Thursday. Obviously, but uh, safe in my dreams. In my dreams. Nice. I've got a heater below me, Fred, to keep me warm. But Liam's like, ah, oh, it's so warm, mm. so warm. Mate, I'm, Sydney. If you don't notice, I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the dark, mate, because I don't want to get any extra heat from the light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm so hot. Uh, I don't even. I don't know. That's not today, man. But I feel like my house just keeps the heat. Um, the the plan is to get aircon as soon as possible. We've got a we got a generator from my in laws last night. A generator, sorry, uh, aircon unit, portable aircon unit, but it's like. As loud as a generator. How it's big just, is it? <laughs> oh, mate, it's like it's like the size of a dishwasher. I want to say. I was trying to get it up the stairs. I was like, Jesus, it's heavy. Wow. And it's just cranky. I can hear it upstairs now. I went, I went upstairs last night. Like finished work. Went up at like half twelve or something, and I could just hear it like pinging away. Went in there, <laughs> <laughs> switched it off. But it was good. Spiders love that, mate. Be like, oh, have you heard? He's got a. He's got aircon now over at Liam Marsh's house. The spiders are like, oh, yeah, yeah, pack our bags. We'll go over there. Also, a few episodes back, a few episodes back, our New Year podcast episode, the New Year's resolution I gave Luke was to do a better Australian accent. And um, that's not that's not quite there yet, Luke, I don't think. It's got to be. Right. You haven't quite nailed right. Liam. Uh, have a laugh, mate. Let, let, me, let me hear yours. Let me hear your one. No, you no, no. your one. No, I'm not doing accents on the podcast because that is the number oh, one way right. to get myself in trouble or cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to refrain. I'll work harder. I'll work harder. Thanks. Right. Come up this week, guys. You might have guessed. We've got something going on about Sydney. We've got Sydney's $5 billion tunnel U-turn, new designs for New York's 350 Park Avenue skyscraper, which look very exciting, Harley Davidson's new public park, and as always, we're going to sprinkle the whole thing with some of your fantastic comments from the week. Let's go. First of this week, we are heading down under to Liam Marsh's hometown, well, current hometown, Sydney. You excited for this, Liam? Yes, mate. Very excited. Good, good. <laughs> now, in case you didn't know, Sydney is a beautiful city. You've got the Opera House, you've got the Harbour Bridge, you've got a beautiful harbour setting. It's a very, very nice place. Unfortunately, it suffers with a lot of traffic issues. So on the Harbour Bridge, there are over 200,000 journeys every day. There's also the Harbour Tunnel and the Anzac Bridge, but all of those are really busy. So basically crossing the harbour 
is a bit of an obstacle. It's it's a very congested kind of area. You're on the ground there, Liam. What's it like? Yeah, ta- ta- uh, traffic is terrible here, mate. I noticed that as soon as I came back, um, I, I used to drive around a fair bit in London and Europe. Um, as soon as I moved here, what, last year in Feb, instantly I was like, the traffic sucks here. It's terrible. There's a, there's a lot of cars on the road as well. Do you avoid places like downtown or like the Sydney Harbour Bridge if you have to? Yeah, mate, for sure. Absolutely. So I would take my partner to work when we were living with a um, family when we first got back here. And it's normally a 20-minute drive and it would take us in the morning, every morning, about an hour. <clears throat> Just stuck. Yeah. And what, what I what I noticed wow. as well is I'd always look around because I'd always look at the traffic and I'd always notice there's always just one person in a car. And I'm not like, you know, trying to push carpooling or whatever. But what I know, it was just something that was quite noticeable to me. I was just like, oh, wow, everyone is just driving by themselves. You know, th- there is public transport mm-hmm. here. There's trains and things like that. But I don't think, I, th- I think the, um, the people are so used to just, you know, getting in the cars, driving to work. Um it's not as widely as accepted, I think, as like Europe, like public transport and things like, like the that. The culture's different. Yeah, the culture's yeah, different, I think. The culture's yeah. different. Yeah. Do you think, right, because this is just like a quick thought about this, do you think it's anything to do with the like weather, right? Because when I think of hot countries or hot cities like LA, public transport, people don't really use it. People drive everywhere. Um, mm. That's like the immediate like thought I had. Do you think it's because people just want their own space, their own aircon, or like is that just a bit of a reach? I don't know. Mate. Well, mate, the um, the trains here are all double decker. It's like the first thing you notice when you come here. Like, oh wow, all the trains are double decker, and they all have aircon, so they're all super cool. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's no excuse to you know drive your own car for aircon. Um, I just think it's just a, a cultural thing. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, I never yeah, get well, train here. I just get Ubers. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, that's really I I hate traffic. Um, the trains, I don't know. Whenever I've, I've gone to use them, it's like, oh, your next train's in 20 minutes. I was like, oh, right, I'm just going to get an Uber. Um, right. You know what I mean? Right. It's not as frequent right. as some big cities that I've lived in. Um, you know, like the Tube. You missed the Tube. Oh, there's one in a minute. Sweet. Okay. I can wait. Mm. Um, but when you're talking like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I know it's not that long, but it kind of is if you're used to that instantaneous kind of um, system um, or efficient system, I suppose. Um, it kind of kind of points you away from it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. It's amazing how much you take the tube for granted. Like I remember, I've said it before on this podcast, when I went to LA, I was stunned at the o- the only way to get around LA is by car, and the traffic's so bad that it just takes you forever to get anywhere. You have to plan in acres of time to get somewhere because of the traffic congestion. It's madness. Do, do they just accept that? Do you think the people that live there they're just like, oh yeah, it's just a part of my part of my part of my day, part of my life, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, they seem to. And it's almost like if you say I was in Pasadena and I wanted to go to LAX, and they were like, oh, okay, that's like your afternoon then. Yeah, and it was crazy. Like it's not like a quick nip. It took like two hours to get that journey. It's within one city. It's madness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is that's ridiculous, isn't it? That is ridiculous. Yeah, we um we went down to one of my partner's friend's house for a, a barbecue on Sunday, and uh, we checked the the, the how long it would take on Google the day before. This is on Sunday, at like midday. <clears throat> checked on Saturday, um, and it said like, oh yeah, it's going to take half an hour. It took us an hour and fifteen minutes to get there just because of the traffic, just Sunday afternoon traffic. And when we came back at 5 p.m., it took us 25 minutes. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was crazy. Wow. See, it is, it is, and if you think this is, obviously we're talking about Sydney today and we're going to get, like, we're going to dive deeper into that in a second. But, like, when you think of that, it, it is stupid, isn't it? It is, it is stupid, like, that there's not more alternatives and that they, this is a problem in so many cities. And it's like like you've tripled or more quadrupled your like travel time, mm-hmm. and I, I I find that bizarre. I find that absolutely bizarre because I'd almost feel like oh yeah, do you want to like Liam like yeah, let's go to a barbecue at four o'clock or something, and you're like oh you're not <laughs> going to get there till like six. Yeah, you don't know when you're going to get there. There's no guarantee, and I I find that mental. I find that absolutely crazy. Maybe that's because I don't live in central London, but I think at least. 
in somewhere like London, there's not a stigma around public transport. You know, mm. rich, poor, like super rich and super poor all use the underground. Yeah. And I think I think it's probably similar to like New York, maybe, I don't know, and a lot of other European cities. Um but yeah, 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 I find it bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, one thing, yeah, d- just going back onto the, the thing where everyone drives over here, one thing I, in the, in the public transport, one thing I notice, you know, coming from London, especially is you could, you know, you could go out, you could go for a couple of beers, you could go for dinner and you don't have to worry about driving. Here, it's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you sort of have two sort of dilemmas. It's, you can't drive drunk, obviously, so you're not going to do that. So you can get a um, train there, um, which is obviously, you know, it's not, they're not that unreliable, but it's still just like in my brain, I'm like, I'm not going to mess around getting a train company. I'm just going to get an Uber. But Ubers here are super expensive compared to like other countries, I've noticed. Like a general trip. Really? For some, yeah, I don't know why. It's just like I, I got one the other day. It was like 80 bucks. And it was like, I know it was like a two times, two, two, two times surge, I think. It was like a twenty-minute drive, twenty-five-minute drive. I was like, I, I remember I'd do that in London. What? I'd pay like forty quid, and I'd go to the other side of London. I'd go from like Shoreditch to Fulham, and it'd cost me like thirty quid, which was like fifty-five bucks or something. Well, mm. help may now be at hand to the Australian traffic problem. Just to just to boomerang this conversation around, help may now be at hand yeah. to the Australian Sydney traffic problem with the five billion Australian dollar Western Harbour Tunnel. Funnily enough, which is a new tunnel under the harbour to the west. I call it the Western Harbour Tunnel. Really clever name. Again, one of those projects that I hope is the working title, and they're going to give it some other... Yeah, they're going to name it after some famous... Let me be the Kylie Tunnel, or, I don't know, who else is Australian and famous? <laughs> the Danny Minogue Tunnel, maybe. But yeah, the minute it's called the Western Harbour Tunnel. Five billion Australian dollars is about 3.4 billion US dollars, just for anyone listening in the rest of the world trying to work this out. It's going to be about 6.4 kilometres long. New South Wales government says it's going to cut traffic on the Western Distributor Highway by 35%, and the original Harbour Tunnel by 20%, and the Harbour Bridge by 17%. So this is a pretty, there's some pretty big numbers here. Um, bringing down traffic congestion is going to be a, an extra route. There's this whole argument around whether adding more roads actually tackles traffic congestion or just makes traffic congestion worse. But yeah, they've, they've started building it now, so... We can debate that one later on. Construction started, as I said, mid-2022. So, yeah, sounds so far so good, right? Sounds like a infrastructure project, build a road. There's a twist, as you might have gathered from the title, Sydney's $5 billion tunnel U-turn. Things haven't quite gone to plan. So the original project was originally planned to be this immersed tube tunnel, or IMT, which, as you guys know from the many, many millions of you, the near 6 million of you that have now watched our video on the FEMON link, which is the tunnel between Denmark and Germany, that is an immersed tube tunnel. So it's tunnel segments being built in a factory, dragged out to sea, dropped into a trench and stitched together. That was the original plan for this tunnel. Um, The original harbour tunnel in Sydney, which was built in the late 1990s, was an IMT Tunnel 2. So they know what they're doing. They've done it before. They've got the expertise in the country. That was the plan. But there were these concerns around dredging. People were worried about chemicals in the harbour. They were worried about these massive temporary construction sites that were going to be needed, the noise, the damage to property, basically all the stuff that goes with any kind of big construction site. So dramatically, having started the construction project, they're now switching this around and the tunnels are going to be dug. They're going to build two tunnels with, uh, they're going to be bored tunnels basically dug by tunnel boring machines which is your classic kind of tunnel, think Crossrail, the Tube, most of the tunnel systems. What do you guys make of this? Pretty big turnaround, right? I've never heard of anything like this, mate, before. I've never heard of like a massive infrastructure project in the middle of a huge international, like one of, one of the most famous cities on the planet. And they've gone, ah, do you know what? We've started this, but let's change it up. Let's change. Let's change everything. Let's change the way we're doing it. I'd feel almost a bit like cheated because you've you've started it. If I was a resident of Sydney, right, I'd feel like, hang on, you've started it, so there's no point in like just abandoning it. But it, again, again, this this episode and this this chat is a bit odd, isn't it? Like everything is a little bit bizarre. Where whether it's like the technology being used or the fact that you'd think Sydney would have like would maybe already have this in 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 place like when you looked at the map 
um, in the video and you saw, oh, yeah, if you want to get to this part of Sydney, to that part of Sydney, oh, yeah, you've got to go over the Harbour Bridge. That's like saying you're in South London or like Brooklyn and the only way to get to Manhattan or Central London is through like the Brooklyn Bridge or Tower Bridge. There's no other options. Yeah. But by like one, maybe like one other tunnel, I think that was mentioned. Um, I, I find it quite surprising, mate. And again, maybe it's because... I've not been to Sydney and I've not, I I don't live there, but I find it odd. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised. I know we go into this a little bit further in the video. Wouldn't be surprised if people in Sydney are a bit confused and maybe a bit frustrated, especially at cost. Maybe that's just me. I'd be thinking, flaming hell, how much is this going to cost us now that you're changing everything up? And I don't know. I'd, 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 I'd be pretty annoyed at that. Yeah, so they reckon that the, there's going to be, by by doing this U-turn, by changing the construction method, there's going to be less dredging, less okay. disruption construction-wise. They reckon the cost is going to be lower, but obviously that remains to be seen. And the completion date slipped from 2025, 2026, back to 2028. It's a pretty, I mean, I should clarify as well, they hadn't actually started building the tunnel bit. They they The construction project had started. They spent years planning this IMT tunnel uh, securing the sites, all the infrastructure and planning that goes with that. And then after construction's began, and, and uh, yeah, granted they're still doing the preparatory works above ground at the minute, they've pivoted and changed the whole thing around to tunnel boring machines rather than immersed tube tunnel. Right? And as you say, like, the reason we're covering this and we say it in the video is for a major infrastructure project in a massive mm. city to do that is big news. That like, doesn't happen very often. And yeah, it is. yes, it'll take longer they they say the cost is going to be lower, the impact will be reduced. Is it a good thing? Is it a good thing with the actually a government's gone? You know what? We're listening to people here. We're listening to feedback. We're going to change our approach. Mm, yeah, maybe. Don't know. Try to with- balance. I'm trying to throw in both sides. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the um with the female belts um tunnel that the, the video that we covered with the environmental pushbacks was there anything to do with um pushbacks on the dredging i know the one in sydney they were talking about it could raise like toxic chemicals and things like that was there anything similar to that over in scandinavia because i know denmark's obviously a leader in you know sustainability and environmental initiatives and things like that so you'd think they would be if there was an issue like that over there, they probably wouldn't do that, right? So yeah, there was, and the guy, the guy in the video, uh, the environmental campaigner from Germany, from the German side, was concerned about water clouding because there's a certain species of fish or a certain range of species of fish in the Baltic Sea in that area rely on clear water conditions, and they were worried about water clouding and the marine habitat never recovering. But then, what the construction team had done is put all these measures in around. Measuring water clouding, uh, keeping the levels to a certain sort of level, hoovering up any excess stuff that was going to be produced. There was a lot of, but again, there's a lot of effort that got into it. I don't know if the much colder water conditions in the Baltic, in that part of the world, are the same as a inner city harbour <laughs> in Sydney. I don't know. I don't know if there's, there's a difference there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it looks like they've listened to a lot of environmental concerns, a lot of pushback, and changed tack i mean there are now still people complaining about the tunnel boring but yeah hey it's an infrastructure project people are always going to complain <laughs> was it the um the, the main residents in uh birch grove and waverton were complaining about like uh, those makeshift construction factories right because birch Grove's a yeah. beautiful spot it's a very like high-end part of town very beautiful views of the harbor and things like that um mm. so i wonder how much sort of sway the residents had on this you know what i'm saying well, it's always yeah. those guys. It's always those guys with like the nice houses and their lovely lives and the good views. And that's like, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean you're doing work? It's like, um, you know, I'm not adding anyone here, but, you know, Surrey people. Yeah. When they're like, <laughs> Fred, eh? Hey, Fred. When they're like, oh, we're going to build something in Surrey. They're like, no, play, go build it in Kent. Or go build it in a, in the, one of the other neighbouring counties. Um, I'm only joking, Fred. I'm winding you up, mate. But like that, that, there is definitely that like vibe a little bit. It's like, hang on, this is for the better of the city, and it's going to probably improve your guys' area. 
And so to do that, everyone has to chip in a little bit. And I, I'm, I'm very much for that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, well, Liam, tell us, like, do people in Sydney know about this? Do people in Sydney chat about this? Are they concerned about it? Or what do they think? Uh, none of my peers really chat about it. No, I could probably, I, I, to be honest, I don't typically watch like um, your standard news channels, you know, the, the free-to-wear ones over here. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I haven't really heard anything, you know, I still read the media, I still watch the media, but I haven't really heard much about this, to be honest. I, I reckon I could ask a lot of my mm-hmm. friends that live in inner city, in the inner city, and um, they wouldn't have any idea about this. Really? Yeah. That's that's mad because even well, I suppose it is it's going to be a while before it completes I suppose but even I remember like a lot of people in the southeast let alone like London and I know, you know I know this is slightly different but um you know I remember a lot of people who aren't like infrastructure geeks construction geeks architecture geeks whatever um they were all aware of something like crossrail it was called at the time obviously the elizabeth line now but a lot of people are like, oh mate that's going to change like the way i can travel to heathrow airport or to mm-hmm. and again do you think that is because of the what we were talking about earlier like the culture around like the transport in in somewhere like sydney that people are a little bit more i don't know like relaxed in their approach nonchalant yeah, about I guess. it a little I, bit. maybe if maybe if i know people that would actually use it if that makes sense. So it's connecting the West with the North, right? Um, oh, okay. So maybe if I knew more people that were sort of driving, a lot of people I know sort of, you know, live near the city or live near where they work and things like that. But I, sh- I just showed my um, my partner, Daniela, the video. I said, oh, check this out. This is a video that you'd really like. And she was like, oh, well, it's amazing. She's like, is that Sydney? <laughs> I was like, yeah. We drive, we used to drive, when I used to drive it to work, we drive past the entrance um next to anzac bridge that we've mapped out i was like that's that thing that they were building that would they closed the lane for she was like oh wow so she had no then he had no idea yeah hmm but it's gonna be it, and from your perspective is it gonna be a good thing something like this does it actually oh, bring i think i think okay. so yeah because you've got the western suburbs they're currently going over anzac bridge to get to and then they have to go through the city well, like there's a bypass around yeah. the city to, and they go over the Harbour Bridge or through the Harbour Tunnel um, to get yeah. to the Northern Beaches. So they're going to just, instead of going in and then up, it's just going to go straight a- across on an angle. I think, yeah, looking at the map that, that the, the, the team's drawn out in the video, yeah, I think it's going to, it should help a lot, ease congestion in the city for sure. Ah, oh, quality. The environmental concerns thing, you can I can kind of see where people are coming from because those... With an IMT tunnel, you have to have those enormous production factories on ground, above ground. We went to the one for the Fremont Belt Tunnel, and they built the whole factory for that. And granted, this was the world's longest immersed tube tunnel. They built the factory for that entirely on the Danish side, so it was all on one side and for the biggest tunnel in the world. But that site was absolutely vast. It took them two and a half years just to set up the site area. And it was twice the size of the small Danish town next to it. Like It was absolutely enormous so putting down two sites like that two production factories like that on temporary land in the middle of a major city i can see where where the concern's coming from with board tunnels it's much more it kind of happens beneath your feet without you really realizing there's the entrance portals where they drop these tunnels in but it's much less disruptive uh, it does have to go a bit deeper so an immersed tube tunnel is a bit shallower because it gets dropped into a trench in the water sorry on the seabed on the uh, yeah the harbor bed <laughs> Whereas boring boring machines have to go down a bit deeper and the ground conditions on the Sydney Harbour are tough. So there's a bit of stuff that goes with that. Just, just to get all technical on you, these uh, TBMs are not your average TBMs. So they're about 16 metres in diameter because they've, they've got to fix, so they've got to fit a six-lane motorway in. So you've got two 16-diameter tunnels, 16-metre diameter tunnels normally the tunnels are about seven meters so your average kind of tube line elizabeth line is about seven meters um so yeah they're much bigger in that regard it's also got to go deeper as i said because you've got soil conditions to contend with there's this thing called a mix shield tbm being used where you have an air cushion just behind the cutting head to control and support pressure at the front of the machine as it moves along that is because of your different ground conditions and not knowing what you might encounter as you go along basically um mm. So mixed shield TBMs, I didn't know this, but mixed shield TBMs are ideal for where you need to dig a 
uh, really big tunnel uh, in an area of high soil and water pressure and where the ground is made up of different materials. And that is exactly what you've got under Sydney Harbour. So that's why they're using this mixed shield TBM approach. There you go. One for a one for your next dinner party. Little facts <laughs> to spin out. <laughs> Fred, 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 mate. Like out of um, obviously, you've covered a lot of construction projects over the last few years, mate. Like out of all of the ones that are in a city, and like sort of a, a, an equivalent to this or comparable to this, like what what are your general thoughts on it? Do you think like this is really unheard of which obviously you mentioned at the the, the beginning of the the video of the, the episode um but like do, do you think it's like other projects could learn from this do you think like what do you think the pros and cons of something like this is it's definitely really encouraging that you've got a major project listening to feedback and taking mm. it on board and actually changing direction. A lot of projects do do that. A lot of projects do listen to local feedback, but you wouldn't get such a fundamental change to the construction technique at this stage. I think obviously, you know, generally listen to feedback and do your research and kind of you know, make these decisions earlier than after you've started construction normally is, is the plan. Um, right. But I mean, big picture wise... I, I can see why they went IMT to start with because the previous Harbour Tunnel was IMT. It's been proven. They've done it before. They've got the expertise. It kind of makes sense to do the same thing again. But you know, standing back with a blank sheet of paper, kind of the board tunnel is a bit of a no-brainer. It's also a no-brainer to add another tunnel under the harbour to alleviate traffic congestion. You know, that's one of the mm. simplest, quickest, highest impact things to do to reduce traffic congestion in the city short of massive upgrades to public transport, increasing train frequency, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's, it's overall, it's a good project. Yeah, but just the, doing a change to the construction like this, this late in the day, that's why it's in the B1M, is particularly unusual. Now, you, you said earlier, right, something interesting about is it like adding more roads, adding tunnels? Mm. And, and, and this is exactly what this is, adding more roads, right? to the city um does this like just add to a problem that's already there you know or do you think money should be and planning should be um put into more public transport more rail lines and stuff and again this is this is where like my um ignorance to somewhere like sydney comes in right because i i, I don't know what the public transport's like i don't know if there's like an underground or metro station like every few meters or something but it, is this just adding to like a problem in the city like you heard some of those times liam was saying earlier like that's crazy you know so what do you think yeah, I think it's been proven many times over that if you increase capacity, if you add lanes, if you build more roads, you're just going to get more cars. You're going to make it easier to drive, more convenient to drive, more people will drive. You basically long-term make the problem worse. Mm. There are lots of cities around the world that have kind of mastered, I would say, the transition from cars to public transport. The one I know best, obviously, is London. I'm not going to try and you know, second-guess mm. other cities and what they've done. Mm. But if you look at London, what they've done there is they've made driving that bit less convenient while making public transport ridiculously convenient. So you've got the congestion charge now, parking's a fortune, uh, there's bus lanes, there's lots of crossings everywhere, which make driving that bit more difficult in London now. You, you, mm. It's much better to be a cyclist or a pedestrian or use the tube. So the city's kind of pivoted its whole focus to be friendlier towards those those types of transport over the car. And that's made car driving less attractive, put people off it and encourage them onto other forms of transport. What doesn't help at the minute is you've got tube strikes, train strikes, ridiculous prices of public transport in places. I have to say, London Underground, London buses, all good. The overground trains into the city are horrific right now. The quality of service, the prices, the age of the trains, it's a joke. They're late, they're striking all the time. I don't bother. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> Run over. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really interesting what, what you're saying there, Fred. Um, you know, how London sort of pushes people to use the public transport. So, Sydney is one of the most told cities in the world, according to multiple news outlets, right? So, 
you know, wherever you're going to go out of this into the city on these, uh, you know, new Western highway tunnels, sorry, Western tunnels and things like that, you're going to pay a toll. I, it's inter- I find it interesting that that's just sort of people are just like, yeah, whatever, I'll pay the toll. And uh, mm-hmm. they seem to be fine with it. I mean, they, they probably don't like doing it, but it, I don't think it's that big a deal. But the interesting thing is they don't seem to be upgrading the um, public transport in Australia to really push drivers to use the trains and the buses and things like that. You know what I mean? It's it's just sort of, yeah, either use it or just drive. There's no real incentive. I mean, you know, you'd have to do a big um, public transport upgrade and things like that, get more regular trains, more state. I think they need more stations mm. out in the suburbs and things like that. But um, there isn't a real incentive to to get the train, you know. It's it's more of a hassle, I think. If you're not in the city, I think it's more of a hassle. You've got to find the train station. It's, yeah. it's like how do you, how are you going to get there? Where are you going to park your car in some places? Um, hmm. Do you think in your lifetime, mate, do you think in your lifetime, Liam, like that will change realistically? If you were to say ne- like right now, what would you, what do you think? Uh, I think so. I'd hope so. You think? I, I think there's a there's right. a few new stations popping up around the place. Um, I should re- I should really look into it a bit more. It's not really that relevant to me because I live a bit close to the city. <laughs> um, right. But I, I, I right. think so. I think Sydney's. Um, I was reading an article before we jumped on this. Um, they're launching driverless trains in 2023. Oh, and the, the what, trains a bit are going like to come. Like the old, uh, the DLR, bit like the old DLR, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah. from what i was reading it, it, it they were saying you know trains are going to come every five minutes which i think is a massive um step up from what they're doing now yeah there is there is an upgrade going on to the sydney metro but as liam says it's more about connecting the suburbs into the city it's less about getting across the city easily so they are yeah to cr- credit where credit's due they are doing some upgrades of the public transport system but it's nowhere near enough to get people out of cars and onto the public transport system. And at the same time, you're building them a tunnel to make driving a bit more helpful, which short term, yes, will solve traffic congestion problems. It will make the pressure on the Harbour Bridge, which is not exactly a young piece of infrastructure, you know, easier. It will, it will alleviate congestion in those areas. But really, I think it needs to be combined with a much bigger push on public transport and a lot more just, just encouraging people to get public transport more often like liam says like just you know, classic example of someone's life it's easier to get an uber or drive somewhere than get a train right now you've got to change that around you've got to make it yeah ridiculously convenient and cheap to get public transport if you're going to make a big difference i think mm, yeah spot on um fred just a quick question mate just what you're talking about before with the um change of tactics uh, construction tactics and uh, of the actual tunnel would there not have been consequences for changing the route? Would contracts not have been signed with contractors, engineers, things like that, and, you know, contracts in place with them? How hard is it to just go, all right, we're going to do a U-turn and we're going to do it this way? It's difficult, basically. It depends what stage they're at. So I would imagine there would have been like a main contractor or with a big infrastructure project like this, you'd actually have like a, a separate delivery vehicle company gets established. So normally the government body would actually form a dedicated company to manage the delivery of the project. And it would have some government people in it, it would have some civil servants, some experts in it who would be in charge of delivering the project. They would then contract a probably a main contractor, a main tunneling contractor to build the tunnel. But normally that would be on the basis of, hey, we want a tunnel between A and B. It's up to you how you build it. Mm. Um I think, again, with a massive project like this, it's probably pretty well prescribed early on that it would have been an IMT. So for a big tunneling contractor, it's probably not too difficult because you're just kind of delivering you're delivering a tunnel and whatever tunnel technique you choose is kind of up to you. Where it hits is further down the supply chain. So if you're uh, a specialist in IMT tunnels or a specialist in board tunnels, you're going to be left out in this somehow. Um, yeah, there's obviously the purchasing of tunnel boring machines or the, the leasing of tunnel boring machines for this technique but what you've not got is establishing enormous construction sites above ground building factories building production lines uh you've got probably less concrete overall it's yeah it is, it is a better way to go but yeah the impact on contracts and stuff would have been messy time consuming depending what stage it was at fun times yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, guys, let us know what you thought about this. Have you come across something like this before? Do you live in Sydney? What's it really like? Is this going to make a difference? What do you think of the whole roads versus public transport debate? Also, we want your ideas for the Western Harbour Tunnel name. Like, it's got to be called something better than that. We know, we know with this name what it is and where it is. But is there a better name we could give it? You know, I don't know, the Boomerang Tunnel maybe because it's been at a U-turn midway through. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know. Let us know. Get your ideas coming in. Podcast at theb1m.com. I'd call it Marsh Tunnel. Yeah. Thank you, mate. No worries, marsh mate. Tunnel. No marsh worries. Tunnel. Oh, the Marsh Tunnel. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, right. The Liam line. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. We've won. <laughs> Also in the news this week, for a change on this podcast, we are heading over to New York City, where a new 411-metre skyscraper, super tall skyscraper, has been unveiled. This is actually an updated design from a previous design, and this render is a bit of a leak. We're not really supposed to have this, not really supposed to be out on the internet, but it's been everywhere this week. Yeah. So, 350 Park Avenue, designed by Foster and Partners, is going to be 51 stories tall. As I said, super tall skyscraper rising in Midtown. Uh, it's going to have 158,000 square meters of commercial office space, yet more office space coming into Midtown Manhattan in 2032. Wow. Um, yeah, so designs for this were kicking around since 2019. There's a 2019 version, also by Foster and Partners. Which I th- which is in images two and three on our uh, on our Instagram post we did on this over on the B one M so it's up on B one M's Instagram guys kind of look at that images two and three are the old design the first image is the new design um, worth saying the older one does seem to be a bit more popular with people a lot of comments on this people saying what what are they doing they've made it worse um, mm-hmm. New York has enough skyscrapers we don't need any more have you got this wrong is the second image actually supposed to be the redesign because it looks a lot better um yeah people saying it looks like a miami skyscraper if you're listening to this you haven't seen this building yet guess what guys we've got trees on buildings again and actually between the iterations between the 2019 version and the 2023 version more trees have appeared on said building what do you guys think of this one i i can't believe i can't believe there's more trees on buildings fred I can't believe it. We're we're here. It's 2023. The trend is continuing, mate. What is going on? What is going on? Listen, I think, right, this isn't a skyscraper that's trying to be an icon. I I actually think it's possible. I think it's decent. It will depend on um the like the material finish of things like cladding and so on and so forth, right? It's not awful. It's not awful. I think it's pretty good, actually. Um, the old design, I think, is a bit out there, mate. It is a little bit out there. And dare I say, so I, I know some people really like it, but I'm not sure if it's New York enough. I, I, like it, To me, it screams 1990 Shenzhen a little bit. You know, like let's just throw up a skyscraper, give it a weird shape. <laughs> you know, the 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 old design clearly has the concrete core at the back, right? And you're only seeing renders from the front. Like, what's it going to look like from the other side? Probably naff. Probably won't look good. I, I and and then you got the two spires sticking out. I saw someone comparing it to. Um, it's a bit like one. What what is it? The tower in Chicago that leans. Um, not oh, the yeah. West Tower. Yeah, yeah, you know the one, don't you? I do. Come on, I can't think of the name of it right now. I thought I thought it was the Willis Tower. I'm, I'm oh, maybe it is. You know, you scratching. know the one. Not the not the tallest one. Not the Sears Tower. The other one. The other one. Everyone knows what that is, right? We yeah. just, you've got it in your head, Google. guys. That's yeah, the kind of insight you need. You've got it in your head. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. There's just there's there's something about it. That I'm like, oh, it's it's not New Yorky. Um, whereas the other one, I think just away, just about gets away with it. You know, it looks almost like a very long Rockefeller center with trees shoved in between every other floor. So mm. I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Liam, what are you thinking, mate? I think, mate, it just looks to me like another skyscraper with trees on it. That's, <laughs> it just, it just looks very generic to what we were looking yeah. at, you know, last year. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's all good. I mean, it's not offensive, but it's not like amazing right. for New York, right? I like um, someone. Someone's actually commented, and Andrew Baker. He said, uh, "We'll be interested to see a report by B1M on greenwashing and architectural design plans." So, what he's saying is by comparing. Mm-hmm. Pictures of designs often stuffed full of plants and trees with the end product. I think we should do that too. Yeah. That'd be very interesting well, to see if they, you, how they turn out. Lucky for you guys, that is in production. It is happening right now. I've identified <gasps> the trend. We've rounded up every render from the last wow. like 10 years. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good oh, one. Amazing, Before man. and after, That's- what's going on? Yeah. Uh, Any good. We're Any insight out. into Way. it? Any um, branching out? <laughs> oh. <laughs> any uh, any oh, leaks? Grow me. Leaks? Yeah, like we you know the what, spiral what in New York. Trees mostly, not veg. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> getting warmed up now. Getting warmed up now. Um, it's well, it's just it's a bit of a it's a bit of a fad basically. So people put them on renders to look good and get things over the line and make planners and local you know local communities feel good but mm-hmm. often what ends up at the end of the day doesn't quite look like that because naturally in a render you've got blue skies you've got no traffic you've got the perfect mix of diversity that you happen to have caught in that one moment where you've got people from every different ethnic background and age smiling and enjoying the the street streetscape you've created and yeah. you know, surprise surprise life isn't like that it's not that perfect so <laughs> yeah it's a bit of we are <laughs> we are talking a bit about that in that video, which should be good. Um, shout out to Chicago. It's the John Hancock Center. I knew that. I've studied it. I've, I've, you know, it. I know that building. I know that building. I'm feeling under the weather this morning, so it kind of left my head. I apologize, guys. Don't worry. We we still love under the weather, Fred. Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah, still husky. husky, Fred. Husky, husky, Fred. Um, <laughs> Yeah, mate. The slapping trees on stuff is getting a bit annoying, isn't it? And it, and I think through doing this podcast and the fact that we talk about these new proposals like week in, week out, um, it's only highlighted it and it has highlighted actually this this could be a bit of a problem because they it just never looks like that. It never looks like that. I remember probably about 10 years ago now seeing proposals for the walkie-talkie you know, 20 Fenchurch Street in London, they said there was going to be a Sky Garden. I like that building and I like the Sky Garden, <laughs> but it's not its not what they made out it was going to be. It's not just like tr- like a small forest, a small woodland on top of the skyscraper, is it? It's a garden, basically, and I suppose right. it's called Sky it's Garden. Sky Garden, like, mate. He's up. Yeah, but they... in the, <laughs> All right. <laughs> in... in in the proposals, in the proposals, they were like there were like trees like everywhere, and they were like against the windows, and it was like a huge greenhouse, and it's like no, nah, it doesn't, it doesn't look like that in real life, and I think mm. it rarely does. One of the only towers I think that did kind of get away with it was one in Singapore, but I think that's probably a lot more to do with like climate, isn't it? Like you can grow things. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being. I have to say, Bosco Verticale in Milan, the oh, Stefano Guerrero well. design one, that, that is an exception. That is one that does look good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm defending the spiral again. The spiral's awful in New York. It's a square box without any trees on. And it just, the whole spiral thing, to call it the spiral when it's basically a box is a joke. But anyway, yeah. it's a lot greener than it was. So when it first got constructed, they hadn't really finished putting the trees on. And we gave it a rough ride here. When I went in September, there were much more trees on the spiral. But again, in the little bit where trees can go, it's basically an enormous glass box. So the idea yeah. that it's a green skyscraper and it's urban greening is like, you know, come on. It's it's yeah. concrete, steel, and glass mostly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Bjarke, he's too busy. He's too busy doing, designing too much stuff. He's flat out. Who? <laughs> what's, what's happening? Bjarke Ingalls. Uh, well, in this, in this, a Foster's Tower. Oh, you know, you're this talking is about Spiral. One. You're the talking spiral about Spiral. Is oh, Ingles, right. Yeah, I'm using yeah, yeah, his first. Yeah. I'm using yeah. as if I'm on first name terms with Bjarke Ingalls. I've interviewed him, but I'm not on first name terms with him. So yeah. that's all right, mate. I've not, I've not like directly put them down yet. I did uh, last week, didn't I, with KPF? I was like, ah, KPF bit hit and miss. I listened back to that, and I was like, I'll keep it in. I'll keep it in. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> was the one I'm not Fred Mills. The hey? FC Basel Stadium that got properly. Who did that? 
Who did that? Can I you think remember? it was Herzog and Demiron, I think. Po- who normally, normally are very, very good. They did my favourite Towering Canary War, Fred. What can I Wait, say? I stuck on Twitter say? this week, didn't I? So I, yeah. I was there the other morning early for a meeting, and there I got off the tube, and there it was, One Park Drive, looking at me in all its lovely pixelated glory. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful yeah. tower. Beautiful tower. Better than this. Yeah. Better than, what's this? Park 350 Park Avenue. Better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Well, we'll see. We'll keep track of that one. As always, it's a skyscraper in New York, so expect a B1M video on it at some point. It's going to happen. Um, now, staying in the US, but swinging over to Milwaukee in Wisconsin, someone we haven't really been before on the B1M, but the uh, uh, reason we're going here is because it's the home of Harley Davidson, and they are basically overhauling their headquarters campus. There are big plans for that coming up in the years ahead. I think for their 120th anniversary, 150th anniversary. I should, I should know that. But anyway, they're, they're turning old, mm. and there's, there's going to be a big upgrade of their uh, headquarters for that. Anyway, they've announced this new public park outside their headquarters, designed by Heatherwick Studio and HGA Architects. Very, very cool. Again, it's a nice green public space, uh, open to the public to use. In the middle is this incredible circular sunken amphitheater that's designed. It's got 700 bays for motorcycles, so you can park your motorcycle, roll up on your Harley or whatever other other bike. I'm not sure if you can turn up on a Yamaha <laughs> for this. I think you've got to be on a Harley. Not loud. Um, you can pull up into one of these circular bays and then all the bikes are kind of parked in a circle facing the middle where rock concerts take place, you know, gigs take place, probably not climate change meetings, but anyway, you know, that sort of thing could happen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very cool, very different. People can come and stand, they can ride their bikes. You've got pedestrians and bikes mixing, what can go wrong? Um, but yeah, it looks very, very nice, very different, very kind of out there. And I think this for me is a, like a good... Um, Good example of imagination coming to the mm. fore. And uh, particularly if it looks like this, if it looks like the renders where you've got perfect diversity, sunshine and wildflower <laughs> meadows and <laughs> grass, it'll be fine, wouldn't it? But yeah, I like it. What do you guys think? What is with? You're going for renders at, uh, this week, Fred. Renders. A bit grouchy. Just, uh, like no, I get it. I get it, mate. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Liam strikes me as a motorbike rider. I don't know what it is. I can imagine. I can imagine him getting a motorbike and his other half not being happy about it. But he gets a <laughs> motorbike anyway. <laughs> yes, mate. That's that's exactly it. Actually, I've been trying to buy one for freaking six months, and I keep getting talked out of it last minute. Um, yeah, I mean. Mate, if I had a if I had a motorbike, would I go there? Probably not. I don't know. Like, it's an you, all right. You it, could it dodge looks... all the traffic in Sydney, mate. <laughs> a, a motorbike? No, that's the main reason why I want to buy one, so I can avoid the traffic and just lane filter. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah, I want. And when I go to the beach, I don't have to park twenty minutes away. There's like little bays down by the uh, the road next to the water. Done. That's purely why I want one, and I still don't have a lot one. to be said, mate. There's a lot to be said, mate. <laughs> um, you, you getting leathers? No, mate. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> as much Liam, as you want to see me in leathers, you got it's got to be safe. No, mate. I, I'm gonna. You can get like jeans with like Kevlar in them or something like that. Um, not really a leathers guy, I mate. Mean, I'd be tempted to wear my shorts. It's pretty hot driving around. Oh no, oh, Liam. No, this, Liam. This is why you're not getting a motorbike, mate. You can't. <laughs> Pop down the beach in your speedos on the back of a motorbike. <laughs> Flags flying out the back. You got to uh, um, you got to wear leathers, but you got to be safe. Leathers and a helmet. Yeah, oh, you know, so I'd, I'd wear I'm like such a parent. I'm such a parent. You'd wear um, you'd wear like jeans with like Kevlar on them and like jackets with Kevlar or something. I got a hel- I bought a helmet. I've got a helmet. No bike. I've got gloves. <laughs> More gear. I've got all the gear. <laughs> I just don't have the tools, man. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll be like, you got to push. I'll bike. be just about to push by. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna buy it, and then boom, I get talked out of it. No, I don't have a, I don't have a push bike, mate. I, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd feel too safe riding around Sydney. I don't think there's a lot of love for cyclists here. I think you could Amsterdam, wear, you could. No, you could wear your leathers and your motorbike helmet, and then ride a push bike. <laughs> I could, mate. <laughs> be a okay, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So what do you think of the uh, Harley Davidson <laughs> park, mate? What do you reckon? I mean, yeah, it's all good. It's a park, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if I'd want to chill there with 500 motorbikes driving around, revving their engines, you know? <laughs> 500 <laughs> motorbikes. How many bays are there? 700. 700. That's a lot. That, 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 oh. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Man, yeah, maybe, Luke, maybe I could take you, Luke. You jump on the back, mate. Take you down yeah, there. Yeah, jump on the back. Yeah, go sure, to go. Wisconsin. Put you on That's the front. Where that seventy show was based, isn't it? Oh, was it? <laughs> Fred on the front. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of greenery and wildlife in these renders. But if you've got seven hundred bikes rocking up, there's a few emissions coming out of that. Do you know what I mean? Like again, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I noticed in the last render, um, leaves. Falling mid year. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, idyllic. Absolutely yeah. idyllic, yeah. Absolutely. See, Fred's like Fred's like raging right yeah. now. Internally. It's it's like, it's I'm, red, all, I'm all good. <laughs> Do you know Heatherwick Heatherwick and outdoor public spaces? It doesn't get better, honestly. They are so good at what they do. Uh, little Island in New York, absolutely beautiful. Mm. I have no doubt this will be beautiful as well. It's just that it's for seven hundred bikes to turn up. You know, it's not exactly the most friendly project for the climate, but anyway. What was um what was the thing in um London, the bridge that Thomas Heatherwick was tried to design and they turned it down? Garden Bridge. Yeah, that looked awesome. Yeah. That looked really good. Cool. I loved yeah. that project. And it just I think because it kind of got a bit well the procurement was very corrupt. It was kind of pushed through, I believe, without a proper kind of approval or vetting process. Uh, so it got, kind of all got a bit caught up in scandal and stuff. But I remember when I interviewed Thomas Heatherwick about Little Island, he said that this proves to London what they missed and they should have built oh. the Garden Bridge. It was pretty, yeah, pretty impressive stuff. I want to say, so there was there was some characters. There was Boris was involved in that. Joanna Lumley was involved at one point. It was always like the hot project and then it became the kind of toxic project. So I think we should have built that. Another little Heatherwick Bridge in London is the Rolling Bridge in Paddington Basin. Much smaller, much less ambitious. Little tiny pedestrian footbridge, but it completely rolls up and then lays flat again. I think a couple of times a week to let boats through. Worth going to have a look. Google that, guys. Heatherwick Rolling Bridge in Paddington. Wow. Yeah, very cool, mate. You got to go and see that. It's yeah. Do beautiful. you know what? I didn't. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's just it's structured that it rolls up into like a almost like a hexagonal shape, or maybe it's a nonagon, whatever it is. But it rolls up into a little shape. Yeah, lets boats pass through and then rolls out again. That was Heatherwick's one of his first early design projects in the UK. Unreal. That is that's fantastic, mate. Fantastic. I I think taking it back to because again I like Heatherwick. um, Taking it back to what this is meant to be. Like none of us are like proper bikers or like car guys, but my brother is a car guy, and like car people or motorbike people, I I could imagine this being perfect for them. Like a place to just meet up, chill. They could have like musical acts coming in the center while they got their bikes. They can bring like families if they want to, or just their mates. Like for the Harley Davidson like fan base for people that love this brand and like really buy into it and, and live it. Um, I think this is actually a really decent proposal, but it is, it is just a garden. Yeah. It's a huge garden with places to park your bike and to <laughs> watch stuff and listen to stuff. It's okay, but there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's not over-engineered. It does what, no. it, what it's meant to do. So I think it's a really good project. There's lots of nice comments on this. Well, well, there's some mixture of comments on this. People saying, this looks stupid. How can you enjoy the public space with your kids with loud motorcycles around? It's like picnicking near the highway. Someone countering that saying, do people not seem to understand that you turn your engines off once you get there? Mm-hmm. Another person saying, yay, you can enjoy nature with deafening motorcycle engines. Not very climate friendly. Uh- I bet this it's, is going to be peaceful. It's Harley yeah. Davidson. Like, you're not. Exactly. Oh, mate. Some people are so. They wind me up. They're thick. It's like, mate. It's a. 
if you don't like motorbikes, yeah, you don't like loud noises, you're not going to go, oh, do you know what? Let's go to the Harley Davidson factory and have a picnic. Like, who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? Some people, mate, they need a reality check. And it's, it's so, they, they just, they look at a picture and they go, oh, that's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. It's the, they don't think it through, you know? No. I'm probably guilty of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, pets at home in the Nairobi train station. I look at that and I'm like, I'm not thinking through what, an improvement that is to the area per se but no this i'm sorry people even people saying oh very climate friendly yeah they're harley davidson it's harley davidson (laughs) what there might be electric what are you expecting (laughs) yeah one day they'll be Hmm. electric and they can put the sound effects on their motorbike yeah they'll have to when they have the sound effect on (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) of course Someone else know. is saying, uh, I'm really surprised to see my hometown on the B1M's radar. Well, there you go. It's, of course, we'll, we'll go wherever the good stories are, guys. Even even Bas Vegas. We'll go there someday. Uh, yes, mate. Bas Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same person saying, I grew up just 10 minutes drive from here. It looks incredible, but given its location next to the intersection of a major interstate and state highway, I hope people other than Harley workers can make use of it. Mm. Again, if you're on your bike, as to Luke's point, you probably get there pretty easily. So, yeah. Uh, if people love Harley Davidson, they're going to go out their way to visit, and they and if they can park up there and there's a musical act, and you know, like they can bond with all their other Harley Davidson friends, and that's the yeah. dream in it. That's what this is. So, yeah, mate, I'm 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 going to have that. Yeah, I like. It. I can't see I can't see COP28 being held there anytime soon, or. Um, <laughs> Or Greta turning up for a rally, but anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's beside the point. Now, swinging over to uh, to we've had another nice email in, haven't we? You guys, you guys are on fire now. Lots of nice stuff coming through. Do you want to read this one out, Luke? Yeah, go on, mate. Uh, so this comes from Dara Griffin, and he says, "Hi guys, I really enjoy the podcast. I'm always looking for new construction related content, and I like the additional background it gives for each new video." Largely thanks to the B1M YouTube channel, I've gotten really interested in construction and infrastructure projects over the past two years or so. I feel like this has actually made me more optimistic about the future, and it's also just a fascinating industry that does a ton of amazing work. So that's lovely, isn't it? That's a nice little intro. So he loves loves the old poddy, loves a bit of Fred Mills, loves the bit. I've not been very optimistic today at all. I've been like Mr. Captain Negative, haven't I? I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. No, we were pro Harley Davidson, so you know. <laughs> fingers, crossed, right. fingers crossed. He says witty banter in a minute. Come on, come on. <laughs> right, he goes on to say, "I'm I'm originally from Ireland, but currently live in Shenzhen, China. Got that quite a cheeky mention earlier. Um, which is a perfect place to live for someone with an interest in construction. I love tracking some of the biggest projects in the city and regularly walking by the sites to see how much progress has been made. Uh, I know in the podcast you said not to write in asking for a video about the local library." but I've got to advocate for a local project anyway, not literally a library. Arguably, the most exciting project currently under construction in Shenzhen is the Shenzhen Zhongshan Link, scheduled to open in 2024. Now that China is open again, it might be worth looking into and doing a video on this project. Um, yeah, so so Fred, have, do you know about this project? Have you looked into it? Are we going to be doing a video? I do. We are going to do a video on it. In fact, off the back of this email, I think we're going to do a video on it because I I knew about it. It was on our radar, but I hadn't looked at it a lot recently. We got this email. I went and had a look, and yeah, we are going to do it. It looks good. Looks interesting. It's massive engineering construction in Shenzhen. Again, there's loads of it going on down there right now. Yeah, good story. We're definitely going to cover it. Thank a nice email as well. Very comprehensive email. Right. Cheers, Darren. You absolute lad. So he hasn't put, like, P.S., Great Witty Banzer or anything? No, 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 no. Hasn't mentioned the music? No. no. What? I know. I, to be honest, mate, I was I was half tempted to just reply to him and be like, block. But <laughs> I'll let him off. I'll maybe him off. maybe he just didn't want to... Maybe he thought it. Maybe he wrote it, but then changed the font to white so we can't see it. Maybe that's what yeah, it maybe. is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because he maybe. wouldn't send an email saying that we haven't got witty banter or the music is rubbish because mm. the music's amazing mm. and the banter's great so yeah 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 weird. weird weird 
Anyway, guys, get your emails coming in. If you if you want your email dissected like this live on the podcast, send it in to us, podcast at the <laughs> Send us abuse. We're not going to read it out. Send us your rubbish kitchen renovation projects. We're not going to read it out. We want good stuff. We want compliments. We want five-star reviews. Then it'll get coming out. What do you think of Liam? Should he buy a bike? Should he get a bike? Should he wear leathers? <laughs> Should he wear speeders on his bike? <laughs> what do you think of the Harley yes. Davidson Park? Let us know. <laughs> you guys uh, enjoyed this episode? It's been a classic, mate. It's been a classic, yeah. and it's been it's been good hearing from a local about Sydney as well, and complaining. You know, we've had a bit of complaining, we've had a bit of a moan. You know, classic January conversation. It's beautiful, I think. It's been a goodie. Yeah. It's been a goodie. <laughs> rave reviews from Liam <laughs> the, en- the energy coming through <laughs> guys let us know what you thought about this episode we obviously spoke about Sydney's big fat tunnel U-turn the 5 billion Australian dollar tunnel U-turn down under in Sydney the new 350 Park Avenue skyscraper in New York and the Harley Davidson Park let us know what you thought send us your reviews send us your feedback Thanks for listening, and we're going to see you next week. Bye.